0: Welcome to the Hadassah Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Claire Maranen. The Hadassah Collective is a unique wellness-centered community created in and inspired by India, the birthplace of holistic health disciplines. The Hadassah Collective Podcast brings together a carefully curated selection of my most trusted and inspiring innovators from every area of the health and wellness space. I invite my guests to freely share their gifts, their wisdom, their journeys, and their diverse points of view discussing a vast range of topics, including shutdown and self-isolation strategies, integrated diet and fitness, yogic science, modern mental health, and holistic lifestyle, all to inspire you with relatable tools to help you consciously customize, support, and expand your life. In this week's episode, I'm speaking with the founder and creator of the Conscious Wellbeing Company, Natalia. Natalia is a woman's coach, a Shakti alchemy educator, a Kriya Pranayama meditation teacher, a holistic health and conscious lifestyle expert. And she specializes in helping women align to their inner goddess using ancient practices and Shakti wisdom for modern living. This episode is just full of divine feminine power and I hope you really enjoy this episode and get a lot out of it. Hi Natalia, welcome to the Hadassah Collective. It's so amazing to have you here. I'm so looking forward to this conversation all about juicy Shakti energy. So excited about it. Yes, me too. Thank you so much for having me here. It's such a pleasure. Most welcome, most welcome. So let's get straight into it. And um, why don't you just give us a little picture of who you are, what you do, and also where in the world you are? Okay, yes, absolutely. So I
1: am in London, in the UK, and I am the founder and the creator of the Conscious Wellbeing Company, I uh, am a conscious lifestyle expert, so I have products which are uh, for conscious living, but I also am a Himalayan
0: Kriya meditation teacher and a Shakti alchemy coach. Amazing, amazing. So interesting, so interesting. So how did you find yourself on this path? What drew you to Himalayan Kriya Yoga and um, diving into exploration of the Shakti energy?
1: Yes, well, I, um, I, I would say it started from a very young age with me. I was always keen on... Well, first of all, I was reading from a very, very young age. So I just had this passion to like just read and teach and really explore delving into topics. And it slowly started uh, kind of gaining an interest into Mm self-transformation. And I think, you know, when you're in your childhood, I, I always say that there's a real key into your habits, into like your your true soul nature, when you when you observe a child and you see mm. what they're interested in and what they're doing, they're real good clues as to, you know, what, what, what kind of piques their interest, and then what I often find is we head into our teenage years and we sort of then become a little bit more constrained with societal beliefs and pressures on how life needs to look, and yeah. we then start uh, conforming. And I think for me, I headed in that direction. And then I think it got to about, you know, about 11 years ago, personally, where I was in a relationship and it ended badly. And I think that for me was my rock bottom. And, mm. you know, when, when, as people call it, the dark night of the soul. So that's when I really wanted to delve in a lot deeper. And I would say since then, it's just been a, a journey of exploration, Uh, It actually began, I would say, with fitness and nutrition. Mm. So I started gaining a real key interest into, you know, learning about the body and learning about myself and getting myself in good uh, physical shape, but also mental. Um, And then from there, I trained, you know, I went further into nutrition and I trained as a holistic health practitioner and a healing diets coach which Mm -hmm. was wonderful, but I still felt, you know, from there it was like my yogic path started, you know, I started delving into that, and I felt like that for me was, it was all sort of like the the foundational steps, Um, and it was when I went into the yogic path that then I started to to delve deeper into meditation and certain practices, and Mm -hmm. so where I am now, it's kind of finding an entire integrative practice into healing yeah. and and i think that comes from my personal experience that too often we kind of focus on one area whereas for me you know it's kind of tackling the different uh, layers of the of the body in in vedic terminology it's the it's the koshas and really addressing you know our our mental state our nutrition the foods that we're choosing to eat and yeah the energy that we have uh, around us, um, and also just sort of like correcting the intellect and then, of course, enlivening the body with with prana. Mm. So, so many practices, but it's really there to, to kind of ensure that the, the healing takes place on a much deeper level. And then, of course, living in the Western world and and, and really kind of noticing how lopsided we're, we're sort of becoming energetically I would say and I would say that's where the you know delving more into working with with women and the enlivening of the Shakti energy really really came into play.
0: Yeah absolutely so beautiful and I I love that um, you have that approach you have that sort of physical background as well as the spiritual and emotional and energetic background because I think that we, that's what we do, or in the wellness world especially, there's someone that specializes in one thing, but we really are spirit, soul, and body. And so it's it's all of those need to align, um, you know, to be able to really be who we are and be who we're called to be as well. So in your own personal life, what are some of the things that you feel that you've had to overcome um, to, to be where you are and to be able to coach people And um, what practices have really impacted you and supported you along that journey? So I I think in terms of having to overcome many things, I would say the first thing would be
1: societal pressure. Mm. Um, I think living, being in the Western world, you know, there's this, it's almost like our, our lives are already planned out for us. Um, and, And when you, Sort of do something different or delve into something slightly different. Yeah, we um, we when we delve into something different, we end up feeling it can be quite lonely. So it, yeah. we can end up feeling alone because we're 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 doing something. We're really tapping into our intuition and we're really learning to to flow with that. And you could have. Obviously, a lot of opinions around you, and, mm-hmm. and and it often means doing things differently from from friends and family, and and stepping into that power. I think that already is stepping into your shapie energy because it's it's knowing that there's something beyond what we are um, exposed to, and and trusting that there's a different, unique path for absolutely everyone, and it's not going to look the same for everyone so we don't need to do everything on you know society's timelines yeah and so you know when we start activating that i always say that the the universe really meets you halfway it supports you and it's from there you know it's that brave step and it's from there that we notice synchronicities and and conversations and opportunities and new doors start to open up But, but it's really kind of started from taking that step. Um, and then in terms of modalities, so of course, meditation, yeah. meditation and, and Kriya practice and um, pranayama, it's, it's, it's magical. I think for me it began with the uh, yogic uh, sanas mm-hmm. and then from there expanding beyond that and delving into the actual Vedic wisdom. And really learning to embody that and then bring that into our modern daily life because it's so very applicable.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so for those listeners that don't know um, what Himalayan Kriya Yoga is, can you just give us a brief overview of how that differs from um, regular asana yoga like Hatha Yoga or Ashtanga Yoga and um yeah, how it's different and um how it's performed. Absolutely, yes. So Kriya
1: Kriya Yoga is about enlivening the prana within the within the system. It's mm. it's delving actually a lot deeper. It's it's it can be quite meditative, but it also can be enlivening in such a way where it's bringing energy into different parts of the body See what happens is is in our day-to-day living we are shallow breathing particularly if we're Mm. suffering with anxiety so we don't actually know what it feels like to experience uh, prana uh, enlivening energy within us and so kriya is a wonderful tool to help um shift the energy around the body and when we start doing that it starts with the spine so at the base of the spine and when we start working with that energy to to lift it we're using mantra we're using breath we're using mudra as well which are the hand gestures Mm -hmm. um we really are raising that energy and so Mm -hmm. that's when it goes into kundalini and we're working with kundalini energy where we're raising the energy up the spine which is then in turn Bringing balance uh, through the energy centers, which are known as our chakra centers, our chakra systems, um, and then from there we we kind of have different experiences. So initially, it can be quite an emotional process uh, mm. because we are we're bringing energy to to areas in the body where you know trauma and our fears and things like that lay and when we start doing that we're actually we're actually eliminating all of this stuff so we're energizing our our energy centers mm. and yeah through through doing this we are creating eventually a more conscious experience
0: so we are elevating our consciousness yeah Amazing. That's such a beautiful expression of of what it is, such a beautiful description of what it is, um, because it's personally my personal practice as well. Um, Again, I started with um, asana yoga and then moved more into meditation, like Vedic meditation. And then when I discovered kundalini yoga or um, kriya yoga, I just found such a shift, you know, it's, it's such a powerful thing, first thing in the morning to just move that energy through your body, it's such a cleansing um, experience, and um, you're right, it, it can really shift areas of trauma and um stagnant emotion, stagnant energy through the body in a way in a, the most efficient way there are a lot of practices that can do that but I think that it's such an efficient way for me anyway everybody else's experience is different but um, it's a really ex- um, efficient way of, of moving through the, that energy through your body so I think it's a really beautiful practice as well it's, it's known as a way to elevate the consciousness mm-hmm. a lot quicker.
1: Yeah. So, you know, they say that through Kriya, we are transcending our limiting beliefs and fears, but also we're able to burn away karma. Yeah. We're able to burn away our karma. So it's it's such a powerful, such a powerful practice. You're absolutely right. And I, I always kind of say it's like a fast track to God, you know, to God consciousness, to mm-hmm. the universe, to however you want to to title it. But it, yeah. it really does it really does get you there. I always say I think when you begin, you're kind of getting rid of all the heaviness and all the, the heavy energy that's stuck. So it can be as I said emotional. But once we move through that, your experiences can become a lot more meditative and you're yeah. accessing different points of consciousness which you know, you, you're you not able to access through just the aside uh, yoga practices or, or meditation. It really just takes it up a notch and, takes you to another level so yeah it's it's really quite an experience i say i think once yeah. you've experienced it
0: you'll know once you've tasted that bliss yeah absolutely and i i keep saying i think i've said it on several podcasts actually but i think you know in our sort of health and wellness space we always target a certain area that's like the the it thing at that time and um you know, the cardiovascular system had its day, and the you know um, digestive system has really been the focus recently, and I really think that the nervous system is um, going to be the next focus, especially in these times that we're going through um, where people are still shut down, still in sh- lockdown, and uh, doing everything via a screen and via their mobile devices and everything like that, I think this takes a huge toll on our nervous system. And so I think it's really important to have some practices in place that can sort of strengthen that and sort of realign that as well. But I, I also loved how you dip into the um, holistic eating side of things as well because I think that that also plays such a huge role in... Um, in our ability to access different levels of consciousness as well, is that we have to have our physical body conditioned as well and um, our energetic body as well and our mental body to be able to sort of elevate and um, ascend. So, yeah, so I think it's it's such a great combo. So tell me now a little bit about Shakti energy. If you want to just give us a brief sort of history or overview of what Shakti energy is, and then we can go into um, how you assist and support women in channeling that energy. Absolutely, yes. So Shakti energy
1: is the divine force. It's the primordial energy that vibrates throughout the the universe essentially so we refer to earth as as mother earth it comes from the mother and we all are vibrating with this energy Mm -hmm. and through so much disconnect we've actually disconnected ourselves from that but there's so much power within within that energy it's it's a beautiful beautiful energy and i think for me it was because people have become so disconnected from it we, mm. we are experiencing so many things in today's world you know like our stresses and our and our anxieties and our worries and you know as I have mentioned before becoming energetically so out of balance but it's by really connecting with and tapping to that energy and, and enlivening it within our body it's not something that we look at as something being external to us we come from that energy we've derived from that energy this is the energy that nurtures us this is the energy that that grows um you know provides water and grows our fruits and vegetables which we are eating from this is what nourishes and sustains us and by creating and bridging the gap uh, between the you and i which is a very separate energy we are Eventually, and again, through through these practices, so not only through the meditative uh, Kriya practices and the mantras, but also through our, our nourishment and our eating, we are bringing that energy into us. Mm. And so when we're elevating our consciousness and when we're talking about Shakti, it becomes this thing initially of you and I. It's the separateness of, you know, there's the universe and there's i but eventually as your as your consciousness begins to shift that slowly starts to begin to move as well so it slowly becomes from the universe uh you know working for you to then the universe flowing through you mm-hmm. and that's the entire growth process and, and elevation and once we once we bridge the gap and we're we're bringing that energy, the shakti energy through us, we begin to notice, uh, you know, our consciousness changes where we move to more of a blissful state and we're able to show up in the world differently, not just for ourselves but for everybody else. And life becomes more of a flow because we're we're functioning more in in union to the universe around us, rather than, as I said, feeling like we need to be, we need to manipulate the energy to manifest what we want. It's actually through rituals, through conscious rituals, through all of these practices, we can become that. And once we become that, our self-worth naturally raises our self-value. Mm-hmm. And what we actually then become available for begins to, begins to shift. And that's, I always say, that's when you're, that's when the magic happens. That's when we found our true gem. Mm. Um,
0: yeah. So. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, so the Shakti energy is, is more, is the feminine energy, is the divine feminine energy. Would that be describe, correct in describing it in that sense? It's the energy. It's it's the define it's honoring the divine feminine. Yeah.
1: Uh, but it exists throughout. So it's, it's not... Uh, exclusive to our physical bodies here so it's no. not just something for the feminine it's it's actually the male the male comes from a woman the mm-hmm. masculine you know a male body comes from a, a female and that's shakti energy so uh, inherently the male is also you know with the Shakti energy so yeah. we all are a, a, a dual energy of the masculine and yeah. feminine and so it's something that women would work towards and of course men need to also to honor that and to to have that within themselves as well
0: yeah i don't think that the the divide of the energies, the masculine and feminine exists within all of us, it's not exclusive to gender. But um, I think what's interesting is that our world has been so focused on the more masculine energy and has been, our modern world especially, has been really set up around, um, you know, the male cycle, uh, the male hormonal cycle even, um, in the sense that, um, you know, They have a 24-hour cycle, and we obviously have a 28-day cycle, even in our physical. And... you know, when their highest levels of te- testosterone are is between nine and five. And I'm just like, well, that um, so couldn't be more obvious, you know, how who that work day is geared for, geared towards. And I think it's um, really beautiful that we actually are stepping into balancing that out because I think we've even witnessed in, a, in the world to shift out of that you know, extreme leaning towards the masculine energy, we have developed a brand of feminism that has somewhat lost its femininity actually, you know, and so I think it's really interesting that now we are kind of coming back into balance and what that really means and how we can work together. Because as you say, the divine masculine is dependent on the full expression of the divine feminine. So if we really are going to embrace both and elevate um, these energies in the earth, we need to embrace both of them. So I think that that is a beautiful concept. Absolutely
1: yes, and I I always say, you know, we're becoming more masculine in our fight to become feminine. Yeah, yeah. there's such a there's such a strong, you know, there there there's this there's this need, and and it's it's because obviously over time things have changed and, and evolved, where women are obviously going more into education. Well, they have been for many years, mm-hmm. and becoming more educated and are more. Career-driven and career-focused, and and that's a wonderful thing. But what's happening is, is the woman naturally already has so many other roles. You know, mm-hmm. uh, from our ancient times, it was the homemaker and it was the, the the lady who was bearing the children. It's the it's the pole structure of the family. The the feminine is the, is the mm-hmm. mother is the pole structure of the family. But then having to take on all these additional roles of having the career, and, mm-hmm. and really driving through all of that, it's within that, that the, the, the feminine energy and the feminine way of doing things, the feminine nurturing, and all the beautiful things that we naturally have the ability to do is being lost because we are fighting for our voice. We're fighting to be yeah. seen. We're fighting to be heard. But within that, we are essentially mimicking the masculine and that's actually not our role the masculine has his beautiful strengths you know our masculine energy Mm -hmm. that there's so much that lays within that and so we don't need to we don't need to lose our feminine in trying to to fight and and mimic that
0: yeah i think there's definitely been something in society that there's always an an impression that as well that it's it's very became very anti men at some stage and very, you know, and you know, I personally I I'm quite happy being female. I don't want to be a man. You know, that's um the but there is that sort of um polarity there, that pull towards that, that if, you know, if we want equality then we need to become more like men and um, I think that we've lost something there and I think I think we are realizing this in the last sort of 10, 15 years we're realizing, hang on a second that's actually not where our beauty, our power and our strength and giftings lie it's, um, you know, embracing that and being able to align with that align our careers as well with the way that we work with the way that we function and the way that we flow, instead of trying to fit into the nine to five, you know. <laughs> so um, yeah, so that's that's very interesting. And so how um, how do you guide people in this? How do you um, guide women in embracing their inner goddess? <laughs> <laughs> I love that line.
1: <laughs> so many. So so I work with. So I work with, as, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. I work with women, but it's, I've just introduced prenatal. So mm. I'll, I'll begin with that. So with the prenatal stage, it's um, prenatal pranayama. So it's guiding women through through gentle breath work exercises and really bringing them back into that feminine, connecting with the feminine mm. within and connecting with the baby within as well. And, you know, through meditation and mantra and really just bringing them into that space before they go into the next chapter mm-hmm. so that's one little area Amazing. and then the other area is through the coaching so I coach women it's the shakti alchemy and mm-hmm. it's it's teaching women to you know self care and, and through understanding sort of like the mental state and, and nutrition and eating and all of these things. But then along with that, it's, uh, bringing in the practices. So I'm using all of the different tools and resources that I have, but Mm -hmm. I'm bringing it into, into one to really help create some big shifts. There may be things that women are working towards. It could be health conditions or, just some sort of daily thing that they might be struggling with or there's Mm -hmm. something that they want to improve. So that's my one-on-one coaching where I work closely with them and guide them through that process. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there are the classes where it's solely just an experience of the the Kundalini Kriya Mm -hmm. and meditation and Pranayama. And so that's all the teaching aspect. That's that's one element. Yeah. And then the other aspect is the conscious lifestyle. So as mentioned before, I feel like going through this, it's an entire it's an entire change, it's an entire shift. It's almost like we can't try to make change doing things in our old ways or within our old habits. It's really becoming more mindful of what we're watching, what we're eating, who we're speaking to, the energy that we Mm -hmm. surround ourselves with. So within the conscious well-being company, there's also conscious lifestyles, which is based on energetic practices. So it would be the sage cleansing. I have Mm -hmm. sacred sage sticks, which are beautiful um, intention-setting pieces. And just to be you know, more aware and mindful of the energy around you. Mm-hmm. And then there are the sacred jewels, which yeah. have been handcrafted in Rishikesh in India. They have all been set with intention. They're all made so mindfully with um, with kind of conscious uh, stones and natural minerals and natural metals to really mm-hmm. amplify and support the process of of healing, to support someone on their... A conscious evolutionary journey to support someone in their yogic lifestyle. So it's a range of beads uh, and, and malas made from different stones. And our key pieces, one of the key pieces are the yantra pendant malas, which mm. are the triantra is the sacred, the purest, oldest geometric symbol uh, from ancient Vedic times. Mm-hmm. And it's really honoring the divine... Feminine energy, uh, through which abundance flows, through you know enabling a, a, a female and, and a male as well, but to live in their highest, fullest expression, in their highest potential. Mm. So these pieces have all been blessed in the beautiful river Ganga, and I have them in the UK. So when I was in India, I had some beautiful experiences with these with these pieces, uh, mm. energetically, they are very, very highly charged. Yeah, And so I wanted to, you know, bring these back to the UK and, and get them in the hands of, of good women who are really, you know, as a supportive tool, but who are really wanting to consciously grow. So yeah. th- th- as I said, there's two areas under the umbrella of the conscious wellbeing company and, and one being the conscious living. And then the other is, is, uh, me providing services uh, as well, actually, as Shakti workshops. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, we're working through goddess uh, goddess series, and it's really educating women and, and providing women through experiences, through Kriya and mantra and meditation of actually understanding uh, the Vedic goddesses and the energy that each of them, have and bring with them yeah so then we can start to bring that into our daily lifestyles and Mm -hmm. and invoke that within us because again that's really invoking the shakti energy and that's where we experience our bliss and that's where true i always say that's where true manifestation happens because the natural law begins to self-organize itself around you once you start shifting your your aura through through mantra we're really making some big, deep shifts, and things start to self-organize.
0: Yeah, I um, I think that that's um a really interesting perspective on manifestation as well, because I, you know, as much as I respect a lot of sort of manifestation practices and affirmations and things like that, a lot of that has never really um, resonated with me because I've always sort of wanted the shift to be internal for me and then let whatever is meant to come to me, come to me, you know, so rather than deciding because I mean, I've been through so many experiences where I'm like, this is what I want. This is what I'm going for and just going and taking it and getting it and whatever, very masculine energy there. But, um, you know, and you get it, you work so hard to get it, and then you're like, oh, this isn't making me happy, this isn't what I wanted at all. So I kind of realized that I, you know, don't, I don't want to make those decisions. I want to make the decisions on the daily basis to elevate my consciousness, to align with my authentic nature, and then see what the universe has for me, right? And um, so... Like- I love that. It's exactly. <laughs>
1: exactly. I I feel exactly the same. Mm. I always struggled with this whole western westernized pressure of having to yeah. manifest and it just became like a, a game we're all playing here and, and yeah it almost felt very inauthentic and actually quite manipulative. So I feel like yes. energetically it's not coming from a great place. And exactly as you said, it's coming that in itself is is a fine example of heavy masculine energy of this mm. need of wanting to to do and push and to, to get this. And it's it it never sat well with me. And I, I've just found it so inauthentic where as we naturally begin to raise our vibration, our deserving power begins to also raise within that. Yeah. And what needs to come to you and through you will will naturally arise and of course you know we can we can set our goals and there may be things that we may say actually this would be wonderful if we could so it's not like we're becoming aimless or you know because that's one of the questions that I get asked a lot Mm. yeah we're still moving with with focus but we're actually surrendering and we're allowing and enabling greater things to come to us because essentially again our ego mind is very restrictive. So what we think is for our highest good or if mm-hmm. you think that Rolls Royce is going to actually make you feel a lot better, yeah. maybe there's something else that's going to be a lot better for you. And I yeah. feel like because of that, society is becoming a lot more like depleted And yeah. because what's happening is was we're not shifting internally and everything is kind of becoming very physical and it's very outward focused. And going back to Kriya, Kriya, has the potential to, you know, it's so powerful, Kree, mm. I, I, I can't talk, speak about it enough, but it yeah. has a potential to actually delve deeper into your biocellular memory. So yes. we're actually shifting out a lot of the limiting beliefs and things that society has placed on us, or even from generational uh, pressures and, and old ways of thinking that have been embedded in our DNA.
0: Yeah,
1: We're beginning to shift that. We're burning all of that away through through Kriya. Yeah. So, I know which one I prefer. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely. It's, the,
0: it's the Eastern way for me. Yeah, totally. And it's, it's also interesting because then people think, oh, but you, you don't have goals. And it's actually not about that. It's about, um, you know, actually, it's a very feminine energy, a, a, a divine feminine energy to really um, delve deep into what you truly desire you know and i think it's going past that superficial layer of i should desire this and that's what i'm going to aim for and push for and take really i think is the, is the energy behind that but it's really digging deeper and seeing what your true desires, and that really is being in the f- feminine flow of being able to just go with, you know, your desires as well. So, um, yeah, I think that's an interesting concept, and I think that there's a there's a definite shift there as well. And it, it's also uh, a not measuring people from from the external, you know, because okay, for me, I couldn't care less if I had a Rolls Royce. For somebody else, that could be a spiritual experience. <laughs> You know what I mean? And, um, you know, maybe for some people they think it's, you know, superficial or ridiculous what I put in my smoothie every morning. But, you know, you know and that or over the top or what have you. So I think it is having that ability to really tune into the things that really light you up and that are aligned with you personally rather than what society is saying should be. This is what you should look like, you know. Well, there's
1: this fine line with abundance, and actually, I, I, I'll speak to this because mm. I, this was actually one of the struggles that I experienced uh, along my journey. Where it was kind of like living in the Western world, and you know, I've got a very fine eye for 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 good quality things yeah. and arts and things like that. But it's it's kind of deemed, uh, you know, it can be deemed as un spiritual to, yeah. to have certain things and to to spoil yourself and to really, you know, to, to do all of these things. I don't resonate so with this, almost, by
0: the way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was stuck in that limbo where I was like, which, you know, am I supposed to, as a spiritual being, as a conscious leader, am I supposed to just wear white and sit in a cave? Is Does that <laughs> deem me to be, is that authentic and is that mm. the spiritual? And then... You know, there's this other thing where no, I, you know, and I really had to work with this, and I, I'm at, I'm in a place now, obviously, where it's, I've understood when you understand nature, you realize nature teaches us abundance. Yeah. When you understand, when you understand the laws, and when you look at the Vedic goddesses going back, and we we speak about Lakshmi, Lakshmi encourages and teaches us abundance. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely no nothing wrong with having and as your as your vibration shifts your magnetism naturally um increases and yeah. as your magnetism increases things that you may desire or things that you want or favorable circumstances and things naturally flow to you mm-hmm. um but i think it's that the, the very fine line and the key thing to remember is you can have absolutely anything you want in this world but it's the intention behind it it's mm it's not as long as it's not coming from a place of greed or to fulfill an egoic need or or even an attachment you know it's like i can love all the things i have but i'm certainly not attached to them it's just yeah you know <laughs> i like to wear good shoes yeah, but yeah. it, i have no if, if they're not there tomorrow absolutely no problem i just like them so i think that's what it is it's kind of becoming not yeah not getting too attached but yeah. not feeling guilty for it either, because I think with the spiritual community it can be like, oh, God, no, we mustn't have too much of this or abundance things like that, and it's yeah. like, no, in fact, it's the opposite. Understand the goddesses and you understand that this is this is the world we're living in, this is what we're being taught, and nature is teaching us that, you know, there's always, mm. there's always more, that, you know, you pick an apple off the tree and a new apple will grow, like, it's just, this is abundant, this is an abundant universe.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I don't, again, I don't think it's to do with the it's to do with the actual external physical thing ever. It's the, um, as I said, the Rolls Royce could mean something completely different to another person. And it, it's, it's about the, like you said, the attachment to the physical thing. And um, because at the end of the day, the physical thing is just a neutral um, object really. And so it's really the energy that we're giving it. And um, I think when you say that in, in the spiritual community, it again comes back to that judgment of the external, like judging your inner world based on your external, which actually, when I say it out loud, makes no sense at all. But, um, you know, even that sort of austerity lifestyle is also sort of proving in an external way, oh, look how spiritual I am because I you know, okay. <laughs> live an austere lifestyle. So I think it's an interesting concept. It's definitely something that I don't um, buy into because I think as much as the the lessing, lessons that we're here to learn and the, the deeper, darker, more uncomfortable things we're here to experience, we're also here to experience so much joy, abundance and the beautiful things yes. that this world has to offer. So um, I think when you deny yourself of either one of those experiences then you're not having a full human experience so um yeah and so I think that's my perspective on it Absolutely. I want to ask you do you have a favorite um goddess mine is Saraswati I have to say I really resonate with her so that's so that's so funny you mentioned that because I'm
1: I'm actually uh I've got a Saraswati workshop <laughs> I've been working with Saraswati a lot oh recently, wow so, yeah um yeah, through, through a lot of uh, puja rituals, so conscious rituals with mm. Saraswati, and also uh, through mantra and kriya. So, mm. I you know, with, with the goddesses, I mean, essentially, it's, it's one goddess, but yeah, it's whatever different. you need at different stages of your life is what will show up more for you at that time. So, I'm always willing to just, to just flow. Today it could be Saraswati, tomorrow it might be Lakshmi, but it's, mm. it's whatever I'm, yeah. I'm needing to, to help me. And sometimes there may be days where I'm just needing that strength. And, and I think that's the beauty. When we, when we understand the, the energy and uh, what these goddesses, you know, invoking these goddesses within, what energy and drive and push and shakti that is giving us, we kind of then just we can then just kind of flow and alchemize you mm-hmm. know daily it's just flowing with it and knowing that it's it's all there it's all within but some days we may need more softness and some days we may need a bit more a bit more fire and yeah. some kali energy and it's it's really having that knowledge and that's what the with the workshops it's definitely something i work with it's kind of understanding the the uh the, the goddesses on that level Mm, and then then through the kriya we're we're, we're bringing them into we're able to experience it because again it's not like a you and i thing where it's separate it's actually invoking that energy within you and learning to to raise that fire or to raise and open the heart up a little bit you know Mm. to experience your
0: abundance and things fabulous fabulous so apart from the divine goddesses um, who have been some major influences or sources of inspiration or mentors in your life and that can either be public figures or personal people in your life Wow uh, <laughs> it's it's a funny one because I've always
1: from a younger age I've always been very drawn to very strong female, leaders Mm -hmm. and and women of power and I never really understood why it's only now kind of understanding and working with my inner Shakti energy and the Kundalini energy that I'm like I'm recognizing that these are traits these these kind of strong traits these nurturing traits of people that I was always so drawn to and fascinated by Um, some, I mean, they vary. They they would literally be would they like, be? Do you,
0: up them. do you think that that is? Um, do you think that, that those energies? Though, uh, you were so drawn to that because those existed within yourself, and they were, you know, as when you were younger, it was like a calling to draw on those energies yourself. Absolutely, exactly, exactly that. It's it's funny how we can see when we look back, and we
1: mm. you know, with this kind of more of an uh, an open your vision expands so much more that you're able to look back and sort of see, wow, I recognize that. And I really can see why. And, Mm. and it's exactly that. So, you know, it would be the Grace Kelly and it will be Sophia Loren and it Mm. would be Jackie Kennedy sometimes, Yeah, you know, and it was just like what they stood for, what they represented, but yet the fact that it was done with so much grace and so much feminine energy, it's, it, it was, it was that. Yeah, because yeah, right. feminine energy isn't a, it's not a soft, it's not a weak energy. It's in, in fact, it's it's actually knowing how to go out and be in the world and make an impact and and mm. help and support others and inspire others, but doing it with a different energy, with it with a with that yeah. loving energy, with that nurturing energy, tapping into intuition. It's like as a as as the divine feminine. These are our superpowers. And the more we kind of delve and jump more into our masculine energy, we're disconnecting from our our intuition and all these beautiful qualities. But when you're strong and your core is strong and you're in, you understand this, you are able to use those abilities to your uh,
0: advantage and for the greater good of others. And you can really go out and and make some big changes yeah i love that i love that and are there any resources um, that you could recommend that you think would be useful for our listeners um any books or podcasts or youtube channels or anything like that oh my goodness so i mean being a reader myself (laughs) a very
1: strong reader as i'd mentioned my my go-to would always be books um yeah My first, this book was gifted to me on my spiritual journey about 11 or 12 years ago. And I would say that that was, I mean, that book fell into my hands by no mistake whatsoever. But that really is what got me thinking and seeing the universe differently. And it was a book by Wayne Dyer. Mm -hmm. And the title is, There is a Spiritual Solution to Every Problem. Yeah, wow. And that was power. I mean, it's still it's still on my bookshelf, but that for me was, you know, a real a real game changer, as they say. And I think from there I started delving more into uh, the spiritual world and understanding the universe. But I, I delved more into uh, the Western elements. Yeah. So, okay. You know, a lot of the Gabby Bernstein uh, yeah. and and Marie Forleo and and. And so many others I used to uh, I used to listen to, but it then started going beyond that when I entered into my more of my yogic journey, and then it was almost like the Western wasn't giving me enough. The Western views weren't giving me enough substance. It was Mm -hmm. all still very kind of like it's a different approach. It's it's, it's a different style altogether. But it was almost then when I went more into the yogic approach, which is which is ancient. But then it was almost like that just throws you in so much deeper. So Definitely. I would say um, I then went to you know as I started shifting more in the yogic, of course the autobiography of the yogi, which yeah. you know I still say it's a reference book today. I can pick that Absolutely. up and um, it flick at any page and it's it's there. Absolutely. So there's so much so much wisdom, and then there's uh, by the guru that I actually studied with an India, Anand Merotra. Mm-hmm. He has a book called This and That, um, okay. which, again, it's it's almost like a breakdown of, of all of the yogic scrip- scriptures, but giving a really beautiful explanation in English because that's what we want to really understand, and then from that, how to use that and apply that within our uh, daily lives but these are real i mean these are books of real substance these yeah. are these are real kind of like when you look into the ancient scriptures we're really kind of understanding where the principles of the law of attraction and all of these things originated from it's actually from from there but absolutely it, it's absolutely been
0: westernized so much now <laughs> I know my sister-in-law used to say all the time when the secret was, like, a big deal. Oh, God. She was just like, she was like, why is it called the secret? All of these things are in the Bible. Like, what are they saying? You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I always thought that was hilarious. And true, you know, they are all from these ancient scriptures. And I do think that there is some, there is a place for, like, I love Gabby Bernstein. I think she's fab but I, I absolutely know what you mean, that you get to a certain point in your own evolution that you actually want to figure it out yourself. You don't want somebody else's version of, you know, their interpretation, their impartation. And so, um, yeah, I, de- I definitely get that and I've I've come to that place myself. and um anand marotra also is very interesting he's very poetic in the way that he writes and the way that he speaks so i think that's interesting because he's quite a modern day guru you know in terms of india um you know um in, in terms of the indian lineages as well but um yeah i think so so thank you for those recommendations that's amazing and so tell me where um can my listeners find you um where can they find you on instagram do you have a website and please tell me some of the offerings that you have at the moment um your workshops your one-on-one coaching and how people can find out more information on that
1: absolutely yes so i am on instagram mm-hmm. <laughs> with social media as the conscious well-being company and my website uh, which actually has all of the the offerings and of course it's got the e-shop where you can view the conscious lifestyle products as well is the www.theconsciouswellbeingcompany.com um, and i also have on there some well-being ebooks which i have written <laughs> um, there are some free downloads there so there's i mean there's, there's a range there I, I love sharing i love sharing my knowledge and my wisdom, and if it's going to help someone, then by all means, you Mm. know, download and and take away. Um, And so, yes, so in terms of the conscious lifestyle, at the moment we have the beautiful sacred sage pieces. They come in a range of sizes, and they have been made with different herbs for different intentions. Mm -hmm. We have the Shiva Shakti piece, which is a combination of herbs to really work with both the uh, divine feminine and the divine masculine energy. So it's a beautiful balancing one. Yeah. Uh, and then of course I have the shakti sticks, which are really beautiful for the divine feminine. And they also come with there's some intention sets, which actually come with the miniature Vedic deities. So, they're all they're all set with intentions, but it depends on what you're wanting to call forward mm-hmm. um, into your life. You can you can sort of pick and choose with those, uh, and then on the sacred jewels, the uh, Sattva collection uh, collaboration with Conscious Wellbeing Company. So we have a range of jewels from the Sri Antras. We also have the three metal ring, which is mentioned in. Um, autobiography of a yogi Mm -hmm. in the bangle form and in terms of what i have at the moment so i am working with a prenatal pranayama so that's available there as a session to book as a a class that's one-on-one i also am launching the goddess series of uh, workshops so there's a range of, of workshops which are, are live and, and led by myself, and they are really kind of delving into the wisdom, delving into some mantra chanting together, Kriya, Pranayama, and meditation uh, dedicated to each of the goddesses. Uh, there's also the uh, Kundalini Kriya practices of their classes, which are done for one-on-one which targets specific areas that you may want to work on it could be anxiety or just stabilizing the nervous system a little bit more Mm -hmm. and then finally there is the one-on-one coaching where we delve in and as mentioned it's really going in and taking a look at your nutrition and, and having a look at what's going on in the nervous system and through mantra through kriya through all of these practices conscious rituals um, completely tailored and personalised to what I feel you need, but it's just the one-on-one support and working with you to create those big shifts and big changes, and that is the Shakti Alchemy
0: uh, Coaching Course. Beautiful. So plenty of options. <laughs> Wonderful, and. Um, Before I let you go, is there one practice, um, one short practice that our listeners could implement today to um, align more with their Shakti energy? So
1: I would say uh, in some form of ritual. I think uh, I'm a real big believer of conscious rituals. Mm -hmm. I do those myself. It's It's a daily practice where... I take some time out at an altar. It's a sacred space It's charged with high vibrations. And I always say with your altar, you you place there whatever you feel called to place. It could be, um, you know, some little deities, some murtis, or some photos, or even some uh, crystals. And it's just your space where you can go and, you know, think about your intentions and set your intentions. And that in itself, when you're lighting a candle, when you're lighting some incense, it's you're really surrendering to the grace. You're allowing and opening yourself up for grace to flow through you. And that's mm-hmm. just your time where there's no ego and you leave all your worries and your problems and you just take that time. And making that a part of your ritual uh, really sets you up beautifully for the rest of your day because you're moving forward with intention rather mm-hmm. than scrolling on. Instagram for half an hour in the morning, you know, that time could be spent at the altar, just with your thoughts, um, and that will really help to just bring a little bit of balance within and connect you to your intuition. It helps you to be more
0: responsive in the day rather than reactive. Yeah. And just tapping into that beautiful, beautiful feminine energy. Amazing. Amazing. So lovely. And, um, is there anything that you have on your heart to share that I haven't asked you about? I think if I what was to share something with your
1: with your listeners, mm. it's um, what I find is we give our power away too much to external things. Uh, we've become quite an outward focused society. Where we end up looking for validation and self-worth from from others, from our titles, from our roles, and when we spend some time turning our gaze inwards, um, you'll actually be really surprised at what gems are actually, you know, existing with, within you. It's it's all it's all within you, and that's where your self-love and your self-worth and your self-value. Will, will come from, not the external. Absolutely. So take some time to look inwards.
0: Mm, absolutely. So beautiful. So beautiful. Thank you so much, Natalia, for joining me. Um, it's been a Thank wonderful you. conversation, and um, I look forward to chatting with you again soon. Thank you. You too. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode and you got some things to take away from our amazing guests insight. If you did enjoy this episode, please subscribe and also leave us a review. And for more information on the Hadassah Collective, you can visit our Instagram page at Hadassah Collective. I hope you'll join me again for our next episode at the same time next week. And until then, have a wonderful week.